from Andrew Tate to Logan Paul to Mr. Beast and Joe Rogan. The influence of online personalities and or YouTube stars is almost unquantifiable. But one could call them the prophets of our day as they share their teachings and philosophy to anyone who will listen. And that just so happens to be to the millions. Stay with us as we examine some of these teachings and other stories on the 511 News. Welcome back to the 511 News. I'm your host, Chad Davidson of Good Fight Ministries. And on today's episode, we're going to be looking at a number of YouTube or just social media, really, stars and personalities that happen to be influencing a lot of people around the world as we take a look at what exactly they are teaching and specifically what are they teaching in regards to who God is. And sadly, some of their stories do seem to start with some sort of basis in Christianity and lend themselves to falling away, turning away from the one true God, and even lambasting those who believe in him with really fringe, ridiculous theories. But before we go into that, we wanted to tell you guys that right now, finally, we are able to make part two of our series, Marvel and DC's War on God, available to you. On this one, we are specifically addressing the reality that Doctor Strange, a very popular character in the Marvel Universe, has actually been made, when we look at the origins, has actually been made in the image of a Lester Crowley. Now, how that all works out, I encourage you guys to check it out. Go to MarvelDCExposed.com and you guys can check that out there on our video on demand on our Vimeo page there. But nonetheless, this is an important topic and I want to get right into it because the truth is, is that when it comes to a lot of these social media stars, these very popular men online, and that's what we're going to be dealing with, are the different men online. We've talked in the past about the dangers of pornography and OnlyFans and the different influences that these, I guess, these horrible things that are on the internet happen to have on people. But one thing that we also need to be careful to bring our thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ is the reality that so many of these YouTube stars that people are finding happen to be these men that seemingly have uh, machismo and think themselves a picture of masculinity. And also with that comes them sharing some sort of a modicum of wisdom. Now, do not get me wrong. There can be practical wisdom found just about anywhere from people And the truth is, is that when I look at even the scriptures, I'm told that even a donkey can preach truth if God decides to allow him to. So when we look at these things, I'm going to be showing some of the philosophy, some of the things they teach, but it's also important for us to understand where on earth they came from and why they have such a big following and what they are trying to teach. In fact, With the guy we're going to start with, Andrew Tate, he has absolutely blown up on social media. It is hard to go on Instagram or TikTok or Twitter or just about anywhere online without seeing a ton of clips of Andrew Tate or his brother speaking about different ideas, most of which has to do with masculinity and using women as toys or whatever it may be. 
But one of the reasons for them blowing up is the fact that they have not just them sharing videos from their channel or something like that, but actually it's an outsourced idea where a number of other channels are created and are paid in order to take clips and post them of the Tates sharing different philosophies and ideas. But you can see in this video, which is far different from most of the videos you'll see of him driving around in Bugattis or uh, smoking cigars or with women all around them, this one you'll see him looking a lot thinner here, actually, funny enough, and obviously a little more downtrodden after being taken down from social media as he expresses the kind of audience he is going for or he is getting, actually, and really what his philosophy somewhat is. A lot of young men growing up today that feel very disaffected, they feel invisible. The agendas that are being forced down their throats are not agendas they align with or they feel affinity to or agendas they want. And I basically just say to men, look, it's a very hard life. You're going to need to get up, work hard, go to the gym. Strong body is a strong mind. You're going to have to reject listening blindly to everything you're told. The problem is that the majority of young men in the world today are completely invisible. And social media has made them invisible. If you go into an Instagram feed, you have extremely beautiful women, which is fine. That's They're beautiful. They're allowed to take pictures. But the only men who have followers are men with massive social status, right? Men with Ferraris and money or rappers or people who have YouTube channels, interesting people. If you're a normal man with a normal job, you don't really exist in the online world. It's very difficult to get followers. Nobody replies to your DMs. You don't really matter. You don't have access to the sexual marketplace. It's very difficult for you to even get any kind of recognition that you're even alive. And a lot of men feel lost and lonely because of that. And I was championing to a degree their issues by saying to them, look, that is unfair perhaps, but that's the way the game works. You need to become a man of importance. You need to become a man of influence or you're gonna suffer the pain of being invisible forever. Here is how you do it. I wasn't trying to change the rules of the game. I was just telling the men how to win because I came from nothing and I'm completely and utterly self-made. And I think the reason a lot of men are so depressed is because they feel invisible. They feel like the life is life is too hard. Women expect me to be strong and smart and funny and interesting with a nice apartment and a fast car and tall and well-connected and funny. And, and it's just too much for them to handle. And the social pressure on men is absolutely immense. Now, I want you to pay attention to this because this is important. Something I noticed a number of years ago when it comes to specifically some of these online popularity contests is the fact that there are certain demographics and groups that each and every one of the social media, I guess, lambasters or the social media socialites online go towards are those who they think they can easily influence. And now, obviously, when it comes to Andrew Tate, he's thinking he needs to influence these young men who don't have any opportunity to get the women and the money that they want. So he's going to show them, I'm a self-made man. I did all these things, and now I'm partying out in Romania. You can live a life just like me if you follow this course and pay the money to learn it. But nonetheless, it seems to be a very popularized way of doing it. But I want to play this clip right here because this is specifically Andrew Tate, and he talks here and there about religion, and he tries to somewhat 
even talk about how Romania is a Christian nation. That's one of the reasons he loves Romania, and really it's just a tool. But he actually talks about Islam, and I want you to hear about his view on Islam versus Christianity, not only to show how ignorant he is of both doctrines, not only does he show how ignorant he is of the followers of Islam and so forth and what it means to truly follow Islam versus what it means to truly follow Christ, but I want you to hear this because it's important to see what his grasp is when it comes to actually figuring out what truth is. What's your thought on uh, Islam and everything? Because I know in the, in the Quran and stuff, like you could have up to four wives and stuff. So I've seen you talk about it a little bit, but I, I would like to know like, what you think about it. I think it's the last religion on the planet. You think I it's the right religion? I think it's the last religion. So if it's, the, if it's the last true religion on the planet, then it has to be the correct one. Now, I want to stop there before I get any further. The fact that he thinks because something is going to be the last, it's the truth, uh, that isn't necessarily true either. Just from a thought process, even if something was the last religion, it doesn't necessarily make it to be true. Uh, in fact, if you know Islam ends up bombing the entire world and everyone dies because of it, it doesn't mean because it's the last religion, therefore it's true. Now, that would never happen because the Bible's very clear about the end times and who comes to rule and to reign and who will ultimately deal out retribution against the enemies of God. So when it comes to this idea, he's completely wrong. He doesn't understand the theology of Islam, nor does he understand the truth of the prophecy of Scripture, predicting not only that Jesus would come, the Messiah would come and be cut off, for our sins, but that he would return as well, and he will deal out retribution to all those who do not know God, and nor does he even realize that Islam itself is just a deterioration, a lie, a fictional religion made up by a man named Muhammad and his followers in order to get away from paganism, not understanding the truth of Christianity, and messing up a lot of the actual original teachings of the Christians, not having a full understanding of the theology of Christianity when he was espousing the horrible remarks he was espousing and having a misunderstanding, even going as far as thinking that Christians believe that Mary is part of the Trinity. Yeah, that's what the Quran teaches. And then after stealing from ideas from both the Old and New Testament, even though he had a vague understanding of it and couldn't even finish out most of the stories from the Old Testament, but still stealing from them nonetheless to propagate certain aspects of morality while also propagating others where he can have more wives than other people and so forth, and he can also kill and enslave all those who do not believe in Allah until they die or pay a tax according to Surah chapter 9. But let's keep going as to why he's convinced of this. How is it the last one? It's the last religion because no other religion has boundaries which they enforce. If you, stand, if you will tolerate everything, then you stand for nothing. If your book says X, but you refuse to say the book says this, I'm sick to what the book says. It doesn't matter what the subject is, right? I don't want to get us banned. I think, <laughs> so everyone, I think like, everyone can work it out. If you're a Christian, 99% of Christians are ignoring every single rule inside the Bible. Now, a couple of things should be said there. First of all, if he thinks that Muslims are following the Quran to a T, and later in this, we're not going to play the entire clip, but later in this, while discussing this, he talks about how all these Muslims actually follow the Quran, which is not true at all. If they were following it to a T, most people would be dead. I mean, that's just the truth. And that's why you have peaceful Muslims, and that's why you have those 
that are not so peaceful, and that's because you can take portions of the Quran and follow portions of the Quran, but ultimately the Quran as a whole is a war manual. That's what it is, and because of the law of abrogation in chapter 9, specifically of the Quran, we see quite clearly that, yes, there is enslaving and killing and paying taxes. That is the choice for all people, and the truth is, is that if they were actually following this, Andrew Tate wouldn't be alive. Uh, Andrew Tate would be dead if they were actually following this. And the difference here between Christianity and Islam is that Christianity does not need to be won by force. In fact, it was the early church that was slaughtered over and over. Not that they went out and slaughtered over and over, but that they themselves were slaughtered over and over again. In fact, the entire Christian church started out with blood. Not only the martyrdom of Stephen and then the apostles, but then the waves of persecution that came from Rome. And just as Andrew Tate here is thinking that, well, Islam will eventually just slaughter everyone and they'll be the religion because everyone will actually practice it because they enforce the rules and so forth. The truth is, is that Rome, which was a major power, obviously, one of the great powers in the history of mankind, they themselves thought, yes, they could just mow down the Christians. But that's where we have that lovely statement from the early church father, Tertullian, who basically calls them out and says, do you not realize that the blood of the Christians is the seed of of the church, that our entire foundation for our sins being forgiven is the death of Jesus Christ. Therefore, someone laying down their life is the ultimate form of love. And if he's saying 99% of Christians don't follow the commandments in the Bible, I'm going to say that's not true. Jesus said, if you love me, you would obey my commandments. Maybe he's talking about people that don't actually follow the teachings of Jesus Christ, and that's fine because I have more of a problem with them than I do Andrew Tate. But the truth is, is that we need to share the gospel with them just as much as Andrew Tate does need the gospel because he needs forgiveness. And whether or not he thinks that Islam will eventually rule the day because people are adhering to Islamic standards, most people don't realize the dead religion that it is in places like Iran. When you meet young people coming out of Iran, they will tell you that they're not really practicing. And I'm not saying this by simply looking at stats. I'm saying this from meeting the people from Iran over and over again, talking with them, and them telling me the apathetic nature of the young people and their views of Islam. And that enforcement is not what God wants ultimately. Uh, in fact, when it comes to the New Covenant, in Jeremiah 31, we are told quite clearly that the New Covenant is not simply ones written on stone, but one that is going to be written on the heart. Jesus isn't looking for whitewashed tombs. He is not looking for people to simply give him lip service. He is looking for a bride, not just a people of robots that do exactly what they're told, but he is looking for a bride that truly loves him, and they obey his commandments because they love him. And so they love the Lord thy God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, and they love their neighbor as themselves, not to kill them, but to convert them to the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And sadly enough, Andrew Tate is a person who needs the gospel. And as he's about to get canceled, he thinks he can't be canceled, but he's being canceled all over online, and he's being kicked out of all of these TikToks and Instagram and Twitter and so forth. And I, I'm going to read from why he was kicked off so you guys can see it. It says, 
This is from the New York Times. Andrew Tate, a former professional kickboxer who frequently made misogynistic comments about women online, has been barred in the last week from Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok after concerns about his influence on his millions of followers escalated. Mr. Tate, 35, first gained mainstream media attention after appearing on the reality television show Big Brother in 2016. He has since carved out a space online where he claims to know the secrets to wealth and makes hateful comments. Among Mr. Tate's comments, he has said women who are raped are partially responsible for the attacks, described in detail how he might attack women and criticize people who seek mental health treatment. Now, there are plenty of people saying, hey, there's free speech and so forth, and and I'm not even getting into that argument here. But the truth is, is that Andrew Tate needs to co- come to Jesus moment, a real one, not one that will just simply get him allowed to be back on social media and so forth. But I find it really interesting because some people are coming out really strong against him, and one of them is none other than YouTube and, before that, Vine sensation, Logan Paul. Many of you might have know, know his brother, Jake Paul, who has been boxing a lot of old washed-up MMA fighters, but Logan Paul himself, who actually did do a boxing bout with Floyd Mayweather, a lot of people were saying, why don't you box Andrew Tate? Andrew Tate is a world champion, a former world champion kickboxer. He's got this social media influence. Why don't you box him? But he came out and had some comments regarding the cancellation of Andrew Tate and where he stands on all of it and platforming Mr. Andrew Tate. And so let's let's take a look at that so you guys can see what he had to say. We're going to dive into Andrew Tate. I don't feel like platforming this guy. I don't feel like giving him the blessing of being my dance partner in the ring, especially after the social media platforms have made it very clear how they feel about this guy, right? And 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 I would even I would even I would even um Put a little call out here to like fellow creators and even JJ. Like, you want to replatform this guy? Anyone? You want to have him on your shows? You wanna you wanna give him another opportunity to speak and 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 spread his agenda? Because um, whether you believe it or not, the shit that Andrew Tate is saying will have a ripple effect much more dangerous than you can imagine. Because his narrative is truly hateful. His rhetoric has extreme negative energy in it and it will affect impressionable young people in a way that will not show until years from now and it is dangerous so logan paul is very concerned about some of the rhetoric that andrew tate has on his channel and has been propagated all over the internet because of the influence that it might have on people now for those who don't know logan paul actually had his stuff taken down for a little bit after he walked around in japan at a place while it seems like he's laughing while at, and he makes it seem, and I, we don't know if there's a prop or whatever's going on there, like he's laughing about somebody who had actually hung themselves out in Japan. Pretty sad story to be laughing about, and he himself faced this cancellation. But I found it interesting that he's worried about the influence and the quote-unquote negative energy. And I say this because when we look at some of Logan Paul's antics and some of the things he's stated on his show and some of the stuff he's been into, he's no good influence either. And when I also look at how he pressured uh, Mr. Beast or Jimmy Donaldson, as his real name is, but known as Mr. Beast, which comes from his gamer tag that uh, apparently when he was back playing Xbox Live and so forth, 
But Mr. Beast was actually on Logan Paul's show. And if you guys don't know who that is, he has one of the biggest YouTube channels in the world. He has over 100 million subscribers. In fact, between all of his channels, he has over 180 million subscribers. And when I look at this guy's channel, it's blown up. It is huge. And in fact, he went on Logan Paul's podcast show and when discussing his fanatic, uh, you would say, obsession with having the biggest YouTube channel in the world, one of the things he discussed was, hey, not letting a woman get in the way and so forth. And during that talk, this is where he talks about what he believes religiously. Can you imagine you're on the grind, bro? You got you're at like yeah, well, hundred mil, and, about to pass PewDiePie. You fall in love, and and then she's like, all of a sudden, I lose interest. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. yeah no, I know. You just can't make eye contact, dude, with any girls. Ever, no, ever. Just don't do it. Just don't keep there. a Bible in between us. Don't get near me. <laughs> a Bible. <laughs> Are you saving yourself for marriage? Are you? No, nice. absolutely. I love, I love this. Yeah. Absolutely not. Yeah. What about fuck? Hold re- on a second. I'm not religious. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So are you saving yourself for marriage? I'm not religious. <laughs> At all? No, I'm not. What about no. that Jesus? No. He's saying no. Yeah, like, like are you atheist? You just ask the same question are different you, ways. The answer is the same. Atheist well, or agnostic? I agnostic. Like, I mean, the the place is the universe is complex. And yes. like it's hard to believe someone didn't do it, but like, I don't know. There's a lot. It's it's you know You're open minded. Huh? So, yeah. so you believe in a creator or some sort of being. But a, it's a just deity, like hard perhaps. to tell. I mean, there's a there's a lot out there, you know. He's just, he's agnostic, so he doesn't or, have proof to, to push him in either direction or, or another. Hey, but no, he by, by the way, I get it. Same page as you. Now, you may notice in that clip that Jimmy Donaldson, Mr. Beast, gets really uncomfortable. And he's not somebody to be very controversial. In fact, if you watched almost every one of his videos on his YouTube channel, most of them are not controversial. He builds a real-life, full-size Willy Wonka mansion and then gives it away. He gives away houses and money and charities and so forth. But he doesn't get very controversial. And not that we should expect everyone to love Jesus and know Jesus and so forth. And I think when he said, place a Bible between him and a woman so it doesn't distract him, so his channel can get big. When we look at that and see him talking about that, it is sad to see him wanting to get away and say, oh, I'm agnostic. I don't believe any of that stuff. And he seemed really uncomfortable. Like he was like, I'm not waiting for marriage. Are you waiting for marriage? And he just seemed very uncomfortable which also made me wonder if he had a Christian upbringing. And with just a little bit of research, that actually happens to be the truth. In fact, sadly enough, the biggest YouTube channel in the world, according to Mr. Beast, actually was supposed to be a Christian YouTube channel where he could share openly his faith. In fact, in this little video here, he goes through the different headers that he had, most of which in the beginning had different scriptures attached to them. And as you can see in the comments, a number of people were excited that he would be a Christian, that he would be a Christian that would be outspoken about his faith. And even he himself, writing in the comments, said that he was always going to be sharing his faith there on the channel. And sadly enough, he had used to have Romans 1.16, that he's not ashamed of the gospel. And yet it looks like he has come to a place where he is ashamed. Now, that video is about six years old, and Mr. Beast now is around 24 years old. So he was about 18 back when he was writing that he was going to make his entire life and his entire channel, which is now one of the biggest channels in the world, he was going to make it all about Jesus. But yet 
he has decided to go against that grain, and he's decided to, according to his own uh, logic there, there's just too much stuff out there, so we can't know the truth. And I would say to him, and Logan Paul said something similar when he had a false teacher come and share on his channel, but that there's just so many religions, how am I supposed to believe this, how am I supposed to believe that? There's the Jews, there's the Muslims, there's the Christians, and I think there's something, there's a force that made us, but there's just so many things. Like, how can I know that any of it's true? So I'm just going to make up a religion because that's exactly what they do. They form a God in their own image that will embrace the morality that they have. And what's sad is when we see this over and over again, we see that that is a really dumb thing to think, even though a lot of people start thinking it. You see, when it comes to even an investigation, right? If somebody is murdered and somebody goes and a detective goes to try to convict someone, they don't go and say, well, you know what? There's just so many suspects. I can't even figure out which one it is. And so we're just going to let the truth go to the side and just say, you're all suspects and you all could have done it. I'm not really certain, but I'll just form a suspect in my own image and that'll be the one that committed the crime. No, you need to go no matter what it is where the evidence leads. And so if you want to keep God at an arm's distance so you can practice your sin or so you can be the biggest YouTuber in the world like Mr. Beast, then you can put God to the side and eventually, rather than being someone, as Mr. Beast said he was going to be, someone who always showcased his faith, he's now someone who rejects God, rejects Jesus, and openly is ashamed of him, as you can see from that short clip. And this is sad, and I pray for Jimmy there that he would actually return back to Christ, that he would give his life to him and realize the futility. And hopefully, Logan Paul, Jake Paul, Andrew Tate, and Jimmy Donaldson, Mr. Beast, all of them will come to the end of their self where they do realize and do recognize specifically that it's all nothing. It's rubbish. Having a lot of YouTube subscribers at the end of the day will not matter on the day of judgment. Having a lot of people follow you and like you and care that you shared with them how to be a man or some funny joke on your YouTube channel and now you have a bunch of followers, even getting to sleep with women and whatever you may think is going to bring you some happiness, guys, it is all passing away. And it's heartbreaking because a lot of them, if they came to Christ, could do a great job in sharing the gospel, I would hope. And that's what we all need to do is make sure that we're sharing the gospel and so that we aren't influenced by this. But there is one that I think is influencing people more than Andrew Tate, more than Mr. Beast, more than Logan Paul or anyone else, and I think that is Joe Rogan. And in fact, when it comes to Joe Rogan, we've talked about him a lot on this show, but it has to be reminded of because he continues to push the most ridiculous, fringe, psychedelic nonsense on his channel when it comes to Jesus and Christianity. Now, he has lightened the way he used to talk about Christianity quite a bit in most episodes uh, more recently in terms of their persecuted and so forth. He'll bring that stuff out, probably because he recognizes, sadly enough, a lot of Christians are now tuning in to Joe Rogan. But when it comes to his views on Jesus, he not only has decided that Well, someone likes talking about mushrooms, therefore my theology is going to sound like mushrooms when it comes to Christianity. But he peddles this and was even peddling this to apostate quarterback Aaron Rodgers most recently. I have two copies of the original printing of The Sacred Mushroom and the Cross, and it's a f***ing phenomenal book. 
because it's written by this guy, John Marco Allegro, who's a biblical scholar and a linguist, and he was also an ordained minister. Yep. But through studying religion, he became agnostic. And he was like, I think these are all, these. they share these stories. Like, where what's the root of these stories? His interpretation, after 14 years of study, was that the entire Christian religion was a giant misunderstanding. And that the original version of it was all about fertility cults and psychedelic mushrooms. He traced back the word Christ to an ancient Sumerian word that was a mushroom covered in God's semen. And so the idea was that when it rained, things would grow out of the ground. So this was God. I mean, you have to realize that we're, we're talking about people that lived thousands and thousands of years ago. So these people had this idea that when it rained, it was God giving, giving life to the world. And that rain was God's semen. It would rain. And then in the morning, they would find these mushrooms and they would eat them and they would fucking trip. <laughs> right? Could you imagine being one of the first people that discovered psychedelic mushrooms and you're you're eating them and then they wanted to hide these stories from the conquering Romans and right. from all these other empires that were invading them and so they hid them in allegories and in myths. And this was his take on the Bible. Now notice that he brought this up again, but I want to share this clip with you and we will finish on this note. This will be our last video clip. I want to share this clip with you because we actually interviewed Wesley Huff on our channel regarding Joe Rogan and this absolutely ridiculous idea that basically Christianity is a weird mushroom trip. And we're going to play this clip so you get to understand not only how fringe this argument is, but really how dumb it is. And the fact that he continues to peddle it shows me this man does not care remotely concerning the truth of Christianity or really truth as a whole. Let's talk about what Allegro argued, and then let's talk about why it just doesn't work. Because throughout Allegro's work and his publications, he connected the development of language to the development of religious narratives and rituals. He used etymology, which is the study of the origin of words, and connected particular important words in the Bible and a few other ancient religions to hallucinogenic experiences from plants. And based on this, he came to the conclusion that Jesus did not exist, the Gospels were a hoax, and that what Christianity eventually turned into was nothing more than the misunderstanding of ancient fertility cults in which the object of worship was a psychedelic mushroom. Now, one thing to keep in mind is that no scholar from any background, religious or secular, either in Allegro's day or now, accepts Allegro's theories and his conclusions. Now, just because a theory is fringe doesn't mean it's false, but when nobody else in the world of academia is on your side, you should at least raise flags. Part of the problem with a lot of Allegro's books on the subject is that they require the reader to have a working knowledge of ancient languages, like Sumerian and other Semitic languages, alongside some cursory biblical scholarship. I don't know Sumerian, and I'm guessing you probably don't know Sumerian either, but for argument's sake, Let's say Allegro is right about the meaning of the ancient Sumerian words he analyzes. Which, by the way, Sumerian scholars say he isn't. And let's assume he's right about a connection between Sumerian and Semitic languages, which, by the way, the experts in both families of languages say 
He isn't. And let's assume he's right about the symbolic connections between various words and ideas and concepts across ancient religious texts. Let's just all assume that's true. We're still stuck with one serious elephant in the room. And that's the fact that Allegro is basing his entire thesis on the tracing and the origin of words. Uh, this is an immediate red flag because of what is known as the etymological fallacy. And the etymological fallacy is a genetic fallacy that states that a word or phrase's true or proper meaning is derived directly out of the oldest meaning of said words or the compounds or components of said words. The problem is that the meaning of words change over time. So a word's definition at any point in time can't be established from its origin, its etymology. The way you find out the true or proper meaning of a word or phrase is by looking at how it's used within its context. Now, whether that's contextually or culturally. Uh, let me give you a quick example of this. The word awful originally meant full of awe. It originally meant that uh, so, something dissimilar to uh, the way we use the word awesome. But the meaning of that word has changed as language has changed. If I wake up in the morning and I turn over and look at my wife and say, honey, you look awful this morning. She's not going to understand that in the way that it might have been understood in the past. This is Allegro's main problem. Throughout his writings, he continually and constantly assumes that the origins and the history and the components of a word determines its true and proper meaning. We, we understand, however, within modern linguistics, that the way we understand the meaning of words and phrases is not through what's sometimes called diachronic means, that is, tracing the meaning of a word over time by what's called synchronic means. That is, seeing how a word is used in the specific time, it's actually being used contextually. So even if we give Allegro the benefit of the doubt and assume that his reconstruction of words like Christ are true, which they aren't, by the way, even if we grant him all of that and give him the most credit we possibly can, his methodology is based on the idea that the first century Koine Greek, which is the language the New Testament is written in, has a Semitic substratum. And under the Semitic substratum lies the Sumerian, which it doesn't linguistically. But then, after all of that, he's making arguments that rely solely on the etymological fallacy which is just the cake topper in the failed theory. Allegro's theories were roundly and thoroughly dismissed and refuted by the fellow academics in his day, and this basically bankrupted his reputation. And the original publisher, if you look into it, of The Sacred Mushroom and the Cross ended up stopping the printing of his book, which went out of print for 40 years. It wasn't a grand religious cover-up that squashed Allegro's work, but the validity of Allegro's work that did it and keep in mind also that he completely bypassed the fields of antiquity and historical Jesus studies. He basically just ignored the fact that there are dozens of evidences pointing to the New Testament writings being early eyewitness accounts. He bypassed that entirely. Well, guys, I want to thank you guys so much for joining us. As I said, today you can go to Marvel DC Exposed. You guys can check out our brand new video regarding Aleister Crowley 
Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Satanism. You guys can check that out there as well as part one, the Antichrist Agenda, as we look at Marvel and DC's War on God. I want to encourage you guys, be influenced by the Bible, our standard when it comes to all practices of faith, all practices of how we are to walk, our walk with Christ, and don't be led astray by the false social media prophets of our day. This is Chad Davidson, and this is the 511 News. The 511 News with Chad Davidson has been brought to you by Good Fight Ministries, bringing you news and commentary from a Christian perspective. This show can be heard every Friday wherever podcast shows are available, or visit 511news.org. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to being with you next week on the 511 News.